to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your uh, Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Pritchard, uh, your host today, and welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Uh, today, we'll be diving into uh, human-centric design, give a bit of background as to uh, what that is, uh, why it's different to traditional approaches, um, and my uh, special guest for today's podcast, Emily, will uh, tell us all about how uh, she and Elementa are really leading the way with that. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Emily. Uh, can you give our listeners a little introduction to yourself, please? Yeah, of course. Um, I am Emily Shearer. I work at um, Element Consulting. Um, I am an associate principal there, and my bias is electrical engineering. Um, I've been at Element for oh, 13 years, so I'm well established in Elementa. <laughs> um, yeah. There you go. It's a, a sign of a good employer when you uh, stick around that long. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so Emily, it is great to uh, have you on today. Um, but obviously, the uh, first question before we uh, dive into today's topic is, what did you have for breakfast? Well, I wouldn't be a good Scottish lass if I didn't have porridge for breakfast. So. Uh. Made well, traditionally with water, so yeah, all all good. <laughs> oh, there you go with water. So I had porridge, but mine was very much with milk and honey. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll say uh, we, we won't we won't delve into uh, football or anything like that. Yes, then, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, so. Uh, human-centric design. So uh, can you give us a sort of a quick uh, sort of introduction into what does that really mean? Um, from Elementor's ba um, background, we normally think that human-centric design is um, letting the human or the person that's going to be using that building to have to be at the forefront of our brain um, to make sure that it's a pleasant environment for them to work in, to do their activities. Um, it's very much uh, um, putting them first, what what they actually need in that building. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's a sort of a, a great description of it. But I guess the challenge is not to, to you personally, but to us as an industry is shouldn't we be doing that anyway? You would have thought so, <laughs> but um, there are a lot of rules and regulations that you have to be mindful of when you are putting um, the client first, because there is, um, you know, you've got to think about the environment and all the other um, statutory requirements that are out there. Um, but we try and make it so that we're looking for the human, not just um, sticking with the the guides and the British standards and things. So we try and look at them as a as an, a person rather than just a building. So how does the design process then differ uh, in a human cent human centric design uh, approach compared to the more traditional uh, sort of design approach? Um, we, we take it more, uh, we get a lot of user, end user interfaces at the at the beginning of a project rather than just with the developer or the client. We, we try to get them involved in the, what they want in their final product. Um, we also do lots of like uh, workshops and things so um, we can give them 
the benefits and the disadvantages of what they think um, they, they would like. There's always, always a lot of opinions because every person is different. So, um, for example, somebody would like a really light, a really bright light above their desk, but someone else would prefer to work in a more subtle environment. Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to get the flexibility the ability for the human to actually control their surroundings. I think that's the, the main thing that we kind of think about. Um, but also we've got to stick with all the British standards and part L's and all, mm. all the other ones that all come along with it. So yeah, it, it is complicated, but we do really enjoy kind of getting the end user involved, not just the developer or the client that's paying the final bill. And I guess that's where your uh, sort of experience um, and um, sort of you know, competencies and things like that really come to the fore, where you've got to weigh up the, the the needs and wants of the end users in terms of creating that perfect environment for them. Against, or does that mean from a sustainability point of view? Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of the um, the wants require a lot of energy uh, and various other things that might not then sort of you know help you achieve the. Uh, net zero, Briam excellent, whatever yes. it is you're trying to achieve. So that must be quite a difficult sort of uh, approach it, to weigh up. Yeah, there is a lot of push and pull throughout the, the design process. Um, it is very much a, um, we've got to keep talking. That's the main thing that you just got to kind of, mm -hmm. you've got to present the reasons why that can't be allowed or, or shouldn't be accepted because of X, Y, and Z. Um, the main thing that we do is just keep talking to them. They've got to know their options. You can't just pigeonhole them to say, this is what you're getting and that's it. You know, you've got to give them options, reasons why, or or, or even if, if you think that they should be doing it in a diff different way that is better for the majority of the humans that are working in that environment. You know, it's very much a, a two-way street. You know, we've got to kind of make sure that they 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 like what we're proposing. And is there a specific type of development that this works better for? Is it better for offices, schools, um, uh, retirement type uh, buildings, or does it work in principle across the board? We we quite enjoy doing it across the board because they're, they're all slightly different. They all like something a bit different to do what they want to do. In offices, um, it's very hard to actually do because there are so many different opinions um it, but if you go to a residential home then it's it's a bit easier or a retirement home it's a bit easier because they 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 don't know what they want so we can kind of steer them in as to what mm -hmm. they could be doing um yeah it, it all depends on the people that are actually using the building mm. if 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 they're not to um, opinionated then it's an easier project because we can steer them to what we think that they would like mm -hmm. um, but um, if if they do have a very um, that they, they they have a dead cert way that they want their building to run then then swaying that it's never going to happen so mm -hmm. we just have to go along with it with the um, uh, sort of residential um, sort of old age um, uh, buildings and villages that you've built, the um, there's also what they want, but also in terms of how their eyes, sight, vision, their their senses 
aren't quite the same as a, a younger person's in the office and that is something that you need to sort of think about and weigh up against yeah. the British standards and things as well. Yeah, with the British standards, well, with the um, lighting guides, they are just guidelines. So you you can manipulate them to the activities that are being done in the building. So resident um, retirement homes is a very good example where eyes do deteriorate as you get older. So brighter lights uh, or different coloured lights even work a lot better. Um, for them and having constant light throughout the day and the night depending on the colours is a useful thing so they can see where toilets are or um, that, that they know their surroundings because in retirement homes there is a possibility that they forget where they are in their room or they forget where the toilet is um, so having a night light that isn't the, the, um, the colour that would affect their sleep is 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 you've got to keep all of these little things in mind when mm. when you're when you're designing for different types of homes where uh, biology uh, yes. and uh, sort of <laughs> things like that start coming to electrical design yeah. you know you're doing something a little bit different and um, so if you're a developer what are the benefits to you to do things with this sort of you know human centric principles rather than a more sort of traditional you know what i want is more important well, it it kind of falls into the different types of developer. If if it's a developer that's uh, just in it to sell the property on quickly, then it's not a great idea. For, well, it's not that they're not very. They don't buy into it. Let's say because it does cost more um, because we are taking the end user's advice rather than just. Mm -hmm. sticking with the basics um, but if it's a developer that wants the the wellness standards or anything that they can promote to get a great clientele into their building um, then then quite a lot of them do buy into it and do enjoy this this um, additional aspect that they can sell on um, yeah so it, it uh, can work <laughs> but doesn't that um you know you're creating added value you're creating a, a better space and from a sort of an office perspective if you know you as an individual are happy where you are you're going to be more productive exactly so, yeah so for, from a developer's perspective that means that you know you've got a more valuable asset and you should be able to charge a, a higher rent maybe than something that hasn't considered these things exactly yeah so it's all about sellability of the of the product um and also if if it's a um dedicated office refurb for a manufacturer yeah the productivity of the person that's working in that environment is increased because they enjoy the environment they're at the right temperature they're you know they've got control of their environment so they enjoy it more mm. um it, it is very much um it does have a lot of benefits to um to office work yes and is it easier um as a sort of a, a process or does it not matter uh, as much if you're looking at uh, new builds against retrofit um it, it doesn't make too much of a difference um i'm just trying to think um with retrofit you do have the constraints of the existing building 
and the services that may be coming into your tenanted space. With a new build, you have a bit more free reign because you're starting from scratch. But um, usually we can we can accommodate those restraints on uh, allowing a human centric design process. So do you um, or are you seeing that this sort of human centric end user um, sort of design, is that becoming more the norm? Um, yes, yeah, it is. It's very much they, they like to get the end users involved in choosing how they want to use their environment. Um, if you give them the the option, most of them would like to take take it up and and speak with the end users. Yeah, consult with them, get advice from them. Yeah, I mean that must be difficult at times if you're sort of doing a bit of a speculative build. But you know, there's always someone out there that's probably interested in sort of office space in London or something like that. Even in today's crazy world. <laughs> yeah, when when we're looking at speculative offices, we kind of draw on our um, previous experiences mm -hmm. and kind of do a, a simplified version of it so that it gives it gives the feel but they can adapt it to whatever they want so it's all about putting in programmable lighting control so and all mm -hmm. dally dimmable fittings and um so yes there is the additional cost but as i say it it comes with a price tag for them to sell on or mm -hmm put office rates up so yeah so a lot of it is about creating flexible space yeah and a flexible environment and, and is that the key thing uh, i guess for you guys as you know mechanical electrical is your bag as it were so the the environment that you create it is sort of front and center uh, of what you're asking and what you're then designing yeah yeah so we try and keep it as flexible as possible so that um whether it's a breakout space or if it is a meeting room, then it can be changed or adapted to suit on a easier process going forwards rather than a strip out and completely redesign. Because we are always conscious at Elementor, the whole life cycle costs and items like that, where we don't want just everything to be stripped out and replaced. We want mm -hmm. to use it in different ways so we want to put a bit of longevity in the control side so that can happen and have you um you've been looking at human-centric wellness and things like that for a number of years at elementa are you using some of that principles in your own office as well in your own space um yes we we do quite a bit of the whole um um we have a lot of controls in our office we're in a um tenanted space over at, um I work in the Oxford office okay. um not in the London one so I, I don't know the London office that well <laughs> but um the Oxford office is yeah it, it does have the ability to control your environment um the lightings are all on PIR daylight dimming yeah. all, all the all the usual things that are 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 put in offices so yeah so this, this would have been the awkward moment where you said, no, terrible space and we don't have to cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, it's good that you, uh, you walk the walk, not just talk the talk, as it were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so with, um, so I guess one of the sort of historical issues the construction industry's had with engaging with end users 
is you know you try and show someone a drawing a schematic and things like that if you don't understand construction you, you've got no idea uh, what you're looking at so are you seeing um it easier to engage with people now that we've got uh sort of digital technologies at hand you know you could sort of put some vr glasses on them and help them walk around and help them sort of live in the environment before you've built the environment um Yes and no. <laughs> Some people aren't uh, wanting to go to that extent and they are still very much, they want to look at paper. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but the clients that do want to go down the, the visual route and all the electronics and they have a bit more ability to look at the new projects or, or to visualise themselves in the pro projects. Um, it's very much, um, we're using Revit a lot to do walkthroughs and um, that side of it. So they, they are getting a bit more of a immersive feel to the buildings rather than just mm -hmm. uh, 2D on paper and us trying to explain what it all looked like. Yeah, I, I remember talking to someone, um, I think it was from the States, they were uh, building a hospital and um, they they had a sort of a three D uh, visual that they and then they put the um, the glasses on the orderlies and the nurses and stuff like that and asked them to walk around as if they would in the day and they were saying well if you put that there you know I could save sort of half an hour a day because yeah. of, you know how it so as well as you know that the, the human centric being about how you feel it's about sort of you know the layout and mm -hmm. so how you use the space in, in your day to day as well. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes that that doesn't really come across on the two D mm. bit of paper, because as you say, we're a special breed that can understand what that actually looks like. Not everyone can, so um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, people call MEP engineers a special breed for a number of reasons. But <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well, maybe that we'll say that for a different time. Um, I mean. Are you, is there anything um, sort of in particular, any sort of innovation or technology that you're particularly excited about that you're starting to see come into the market and will really have a, a big impact on the next couple of years for you? Um, we're, we're doing a lot with circadian lighting at the moment. Um, mm. That's when the lighting changes to s simulate the the light, natural lighting of a day. Mm -hmm. um, to try and fool your body into thinking that you're outside in natural light. Mm -hmm. um, so we're doing a, quite a bit of that in, we've just recently done a um, basement uh, GP surgery mm -hmm. where there is no natural light. So by using these panels, it kind of gives the people that are in the building uh, a sense that they can actually see out mm -hmm. because the windows, so, so the, sorry, they're called windows, that the panes of, um, LED screens kind of change color and they have clouds on them so that they can kind of feel like they can have a view outside. Um, we've also done them in on another project. We've done them in waiting rooms um, so that where large crowds of um, patients or clientele would be sitting um, to give them a, a view of kind of what it would be outside on a mm. sunny day so we, we are trying to put that into a lot more it's not new technology but since the coming of leds it's a lot cheaper technology so it's easier well, I to guess install what, what, what you're doing there though is yes the technology like you say is not new but how you're using it you know adapting it to to um 
to work with the circadian rhythm, you know, really sort of thinking about how the technology reacts to, or your brain chemistry reacts to the technology. I mean, that's a, a whole other step that, you know, we've never really done as an industry on mass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's very interesting to try mm. and understand how the human body will uh, interact with, mm. with the information or the, type of environment that we put in a in a building mm. um so yeah so and with the whole um covid pandemic we're increasing air ventilation rates um so that it's it's a lot well, hopefully it's a lot cleaner it, there's the mm -hmm. more air movement to to not allow the covid to kind of settle if that makes sense um so yeah so so it, it's it's interesting we're definitely striving to keep improving our innovative ways to make it more of a human-centric design process mm. and that that's can only be good for you know the end user mm. you know if if everyone is happier where they're going um that, then people are um, we, where we started you know people will be more productive they'll be healthier um, not just physically but mentally as well you, you know a lot of this circadian rhythm can have a massive impact on your sort of mental well-being and how you feel and your sort of highs and lows it, yeah. it's fascinating it's i find it the whole thing you know um how the construction industry can do so much good for people so much good for the environment mm. you know the carbon we create how we make people feel we um we, we really need to and it's great that elements are there at the fore of it you're trying to create a better environment for everyone and for the world yes definitely yeah yeah definitely so, so that was um i mean we've we've, we've pretty much run out of time uh, believe it or not emily so um that was quite a sort of a, a nice little sales pitch for elementor there be sort of <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no it's um it's been a pleasure to uh, talk to you today um it's been a pleasure to um uh, see and hear some of the fantastic things that you and elementor have been doing over the years so um thank you very very much for uh, joining us uh, today was very insightful. Uh, if anyone would like to uh, hear more about um, uh, human-centric design and uh, some of the stuff Elementor are doing, uh, the website and contact details will be in the uh, bio uh, for this podcast. Uh, for everyone who's listening, um, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, if you're a new listener or if you just haven't done it yet, please do uh, like, subscribe uh, and make sure you tune in next time. Uh, so uh, from uh, all of us, uh, thank you for joining us and uh, see you all soon. Yep, thank you. Bye. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.